This is for my dreamers, doers, and audacious entrepreneurs. For those who want to wake up every day and be in love with the career you've created for yourself. This is for you. This is for us. This is the Forever Fun Employee Podcast with me, Jana Hall. Hello, Fun Employed friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Forever Fun Employed podcast. I am your host, Jana Hall, and I am joined here today by someone that I have been working with for a few years now. We've been on the board of the Chamber of Commerce together. Um, We've done some work um, with his business, and he's actually uh, been a part of one of my Fun Employed events, the great and knowledgeable Aaron Smith of A.W. Smith Financial and my fiduciary advisors. Hello, Aaron. Hello, Jana. (laughs) How are you? I am doing so fantastic. It is a wonderful day. I'm so excited about being alive, and I'm so excited about being Employed. Yes. <laughs> and you are fun employed, though. I mean, you've had your business yeah. for... So Aaron has owned his own financial firm for 20... 26 years. Oof, 26 years. Um, we all hope we can get there one day to be able to... <laughs> well, we're going to talk about some, some things that you can do to get there and make sure that not only getting there, that you're successful getting there. Right. And you're happy getting there. Right. And you don't uh, fall over yourself getting there. So right. we're going to talk about some of those things um, uh, this this morning, if you will. Yeah. Jay. Yeah. So the reason why I wanted you on, Aaron, is because you are... So money is always a big pain point for business owners, millennials, I mean, professionals in general. Money is a, a big pain point, and you are really knowledgeable about eliminating debt, saving, coming up with a financial plan. I mean, that is when I did my build your own business event last year. Um, I did consultations with the five people that I feel like are really critical when building a business, and so I had a graphic designer, a web designer, a um, brand photographer, a small business consultant, and then a financial advisor. Because as we all know, you know, small businesses, they fail early um, a lot of times. And a lot of times money is the reason for that. And, you know, even if you're not an entrepreneur, you know, financial strain is the biggest, one of the biggest stressors that we all face. And so I think kind of what we need to do is kind of just backtrack and figure out how to be more financially literate. What are some things that we need to kind of do and put into practice and just really how can we become healthier financially? Right. Well, that is a great question. And I always say, Jana, is that when we grow up, we don't learn or we're not taught about money. Mm -hmm. Um, For example, when I grew up, and many of you um, millennials, um, I'm certainly, I'm, I'm sure you, you feel the same. But when I grew up, um, no one in my household knew or understood the language of money. Mm-hmm. Um, even in, in school, elementary school, high school, and even going on to one of the finest universities in the country and earning my MBA. What, what university is right? that? Because I, uni- I don't think you went to JMU. No, not at all. The <laughs> university, I'm a spider. The University of Richmond. And going to school um, and in my foundation and my, my family didn't teach me about money. Mm-hmm. And because I wasn't taught about money, I had to learn it on the fly. Yeah. So I, I made decisions that were maybe not in my best interest. From a financial standpoint, as it relates to uh, business owners Mm -hmm. or individuals who inspire to be business owners, you want to also understand that you may not have that foundation of understanding how to run a business, Mm -hmm. how to understand the business. Most of us, uh, once again, don't learn about business in school. We don't learn about business in our household. Mm -hmm. And it's tough to be able to get... Uh, uh, get yourself in a situation where you can be uh, comfortable um, and successful without having a foundation. So, you know, the challenge is financial education. Yeah. And that's what, you know, I've talked to a few friends and recently, you know, we've been saying, you know, why isn't money taught in school? Why aren't we learning, you know, even at the college level, why aren't we learning how to, you know, how, how debt works? 
credit works. Like how we're not learning any of these things. You know, we're learning, we're taking science classes. I took an art class, things that I'll never learn. I'll never use again, but I don't understand, you know, how the mortgage process works or how, you know, so I think it needs to be taught and we do until they add that to the curriculum. We have to learn it on our own. (laughs) That's right. That's right. We have to learn it on our own, but we also have to understand that there are individuals out there. Jana, for example, (laughs) uh, with Leap um, Innovative and Aaron Smith with uh, My Fiduciary Advisors. There are people who will coach you Mm -hmm. through the process of understanding the steps that you need to take. So, you know, you don't want to go at it alone. That's the key. Don't be shy um, or don't be uh, 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 feeling as though you can do it on your own Mm -hmm. when you need to help in terms of making those good decisions with your money. Nothing wrong with asking for help. Yeah. So I want to, you know, backtrack a little bit and talk about you. So your background. So you said you, you, you know, you went to University of Richmond. Um, What did you major in? Yes. Yes. That's a good question. Um, I majored in sociology. I was a sociology major. Um, I was a minor economic, oh, right? So a minor economic, major sociology. Really, in what I do, to be quite frank with you, um, sociology actually plays a little bit better mm. um, because it's the relationship of being able to get people to feel comfortable with having the conversation about money, right? Right. right. Okay. So um, my major um, obviously played a, a a special role in what I do, but at the end of the day. Um, you don't have to, Jana, this is important. You don't have to be a college graduate mm-hmm. or you don't have to have an MBA or a doctor's degree to become wealthy and to be a successful mm-hmm. business owner. We have many business owners <laughs> who are clients right. who haven't gone on to college, yeah. but they're very successful. Yeah. And it's, it's all about how you manage your money. My mom always says it's not about how much you make, it's what you do with what you make. That's right. And so, you know, you... Looking at the different social factors and how, you know, economics or how, you know, background plays into our, you know, our finances. When you look at millennials, because my fiduciary advisors is a, you know, A.W. Smith Financial Group has been around for 26 years. My fiduciary advisors is newer and that's targeted specifically to millennials. That is financial coaching specifically for millennials. Yes. What do you find is our biggest challenge and roadblock? As in comparison to some of your older clients, this this is interesting. There's no difference. Really, there is no difference. It's no difference for being a millennial versus being a baby boomer. It's just the age. Really, right? so our mindset isn't nope. different. Nope, the mindset isn't different. None of that is different. It's just that the age is different. Now, let me let me do say this: millennials have seen their baby boomer parents. Mm-hmm. Maybe lose the value of their home, lose the value of their assets, right? Mm-hmm. Back in the Great Recession, back in 2008, 2009, right? So uh, millennials may be a little bit more reserved or protective mm-hmm. of, of trusting corporations, yeah. trusting companies and things of such. But from a financial standpoint, mm-hmm. there's no difference. Yeah. From a finance, financial I. I Ideology, mm-hmm. there's no difference. There's no difference. There's no, so. no difference. The income level's different, I'll tell you well, that. Certainly. Well, certainly. Well, of course, you know, the older you get, the more wiser you get, the yeah. more seasoned you get. Yeah. So you earn more money. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would tell you, uh, Jana, um, if I had my choice t- today and starting my business and what I do, and I had a choice of working with baby boomers or working with millennials, I would work millennials all day long. Really? Yes. Why is and that? And the reason I would... It's because I remember when I was growing up, when I was in college, right? Mm -hmm. And I was in my sophomore year in college. I decided to go out and buy my first mutual fund, Hmm. right? It was a no-load mutual fund with a company called American Century, Mm -hmm. right? I was about 20 years old at that time. And the reason I did it is because uh, back in the day when I was younger, my parents, they were paycheck to paycheck. Mm And I can remember clearly that uh, my father missed a paycheck or a paycheck missed him. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have heat in the house for a couple of weeks. And it was the winter time. It was freezing. Mm-hmm. And I said, I never want to be in that position yeah. in my life again. Yeah. So at 19, I started to look at how can I build wealth? And I 
called a young lady up. To this day, I don't remember who she was, <laughs> but she was the best thing to ever happen in my life. She said, uh, Aaron, you need to invest in this mutual fund. All that's required is $25 a month. Huh. And I started investing in the mutual fund with no money. And I, just $25 I was just a month. $25 a month. And I become habitual. My habits start to change as it relates to money. Why say millennials? This is what I want millennials to understand. Is that the end of the day is that you are going to age. and You're going to get older. You're going to be me at some point. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're going to be a baby boomer. And if you don't right now strategically start investing, buying the companies that you spend your hard-earned dollars with, Mm -hmm. if you don't start doing that right now, then when you get my age, you're going to regret it. Yeah. And I didn't have anybody to coach me back then. Nobody told me what to do. I am coaching millennials. Mm-hmm. That's why I think it's so important for millennials that working with millennials is so special because yeah. we can now help them early right, on in early, the process. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, I think when we think about investing, we we shoot high. Oh, real estate investing. I need enough money to buy a property, a rental property. Um, but it really is, you know, when I first quit my job, I had to figure out what to do with my 401k. And so I met with, you know, my parents had a wealth manager. So I was like, all right, great. Let me, you know, and so I just rolled my 401k over, invested into a few different things. And so it's sitting there. Mm-hmm. Um And I don't even, I mean, right now I'll maybe put like $100 a month into the investment account, but I've been able to see some steady growth over time. Mm -hmm. Um, And that really is a a good form of investing. I think that, you know, it's not that um, intangible investing. And so you would suggest that we start with stocks, bonds, mutual funds, et cetera, I say, Jana, you should start with the confidence that it's important for you to strategically plan Mm -hmm. before you buy stocks and bonds. Mm -hmm. That's one way to get wealthy before you buy real estate. That's another way to get wealthy. But it starts with the mind. It starts with your mind. You have to be in a position where you understand that I must and want to do something that's different from mm-hmm. everybody else. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because a lot of your friends aren't doing this, millennials. <laughs> they aren't doing this. Right? That's true. And many that's of them true. would talk you out of doing it. That's true. Right? Okay? I always say cut those individuals from your life. <laughs> right? But the point is, is that at the end of the day, you have to start with your mind and your concept. Then you start with a game plan. What is the game plan? You don't have to be doing the right thing. It's never the right thing. Do something. Right. Something. something. Something, right? So something means take some money, put it away. Mm-hmm. And then as you get to a point where you don't clearly have a strategy and you want one, find a professional to help you. Yeah, yeah. And that's where you come in as the financial coach for millennials. Um, and so, yeah, it just starts with just a little bit of money. Take your, you know, a lot of us have, you know, we, we put money into our savings account, but it's just sitting there. So you suggest, you know opening up certain accounts that allow that, what is it, you accrue, it accrues that over time savings account? Millennials (laughs) are different, let me say, they are different from baby boomers in that they are puppies, they're young, Mm -hmm. and they're energetic, and they're exciting, and they want to be innovative. Mm -hmm. So, why do you park your money in things that are boring? Why would you park? Mm-hmm. You wouldn't park your money in something that's not drawing and innovative yeah. and exciting, right? Yeah. So what you want to do is think about the products, Jana, that you use every day. When you get up in the morning, do you brush your teeth? Yeah. Right? Yep. So you must use some type of product, yep. right? When you go to the restroom, right, <laughs> you use toilet paper. Who makes that toilet paper? Mm-hmm. What type of car are you driving? Mm-hmm. Does it have tires? Who makes those tires, yeah. right? So you should be investing in those products, millennials, that you use every single day. Mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, very important, Jan, we don't talk about this a lot. And as we talk about fun employed and we talk about small business, is that you learn small business from your family. Mm-hmm. If your family was a small business owner, it's easier for yeah. you to become one. Yep. Millennials, if you're having children, right? 
Mm-hmm. Not only should you be investing in those companies and understand it, you should be teaching that to your children, yeah. even though they might be four or five years old, mm-hmm. right? So that's how you you begin the process and start to build the family wealth yeah. that's desired in your and household. And even though, even putting money, I know when my niece was born, my mom put a little bit of money, bought a couple of stocks and just, you know, let them grow. And so now she's three and she has, you know, a portfolio. Yes. And that, that's something easy you can do for your children. That's very easy that you, that you can do for your children versus um, 100% of your money going to gifts, mm-hmm. right? I would tell see people when I was when I was uh, when my children were younger. Mm-hmm. I would tell people who were giving them birthday gifts and, and my parents who were giving them Christmas gifts. Mm-hmm. I said, "Yeah, great. The gifts for Christmas are go- that's good. I like those. But can you you know can you bring that down a little bit and maybe put some money in some stocks yeah. and some bonds as a gift yeah. to my kids? And that's versus, the wealth. That's right. having something to leave for your Absolutely. children. Absolutely, yes. that's how you start doing yeah. it. Yeah. And they and that that becomes a norm for them. It becomes, it becomes habitual habit. And then as they get older, they can check. You know, now they're one, they're curious as how their money's growing. That's right. That's, that's how. Right. That's 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 so smart. Um, so when it comes to entrepreneurs, you know, our money is. You know, we we can make money. It's you know, it's sometimes it's not consistent. I know for me, it you know, it, it ebbs and flows. Um, how do you work specifically with entrepreneurs who may not have a steady set income um, to budget, to eliminate debt? I mean, student loan debt is real. Um, some people have mortgages. How do you work with entrepreneurs on the financial side? Well, this is exciting for me to be able to work with uh, with entrepreneurs because uh, let me tell you, um, this kind of um, I'm going to step back for a second, Jana. Mm-hmm. Um, many people kind of, they disclose or they say or they define me as a financial advisor. Mm-hmm. I mean, that could be correct, but I mean, I don't really look at myself as a financial advisor. I look at myself more as a problem solver, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, also that being said, at the end of the day, my comfort level is with entrepreneurs because I am an entrepreneur, right, right? Right. So when you talk about those ebbs and flows of mm-hmm. income, some months is great, some months is not so great, mm-hmm. right? That's part of the game, right? Right. But at the end of the day, when we work with entrepreneurs, what we want to first find out is how can we help them improve on their bottom line, mm-hmm. right? Because they already got the best idea, best concept yeah. in their mind, which is entrepreneurship. Well, how do you and what do you do? How do you? How can we help you improve on your bottom line? Mm-hmm. Because if you have more money, you can do more things, Yeah. right? Yeah. So first thing is to help them eliminate or reduce or manage their debt, mm-hmm. right? So putting something in place in terms of how much debt you have and what's the most effective way to reduce it. Yeah. In other words, how can we create more income to help you reduce mm-hmm. your debt? So that's a strategy that we will employ them initially. Mm-hmm. From there, from the from after you manage your debt, is that what do you do with that income that you're bringing in? Yeah. Right? How do you manage to put, you can put money away and start to grow your real estate portfolio or your stock and bond portfolio? Well, you can do that by paying yourself as you pay your debt, your creditors, or your suppliers. Mm-hmm. I got Aaron has to pay his suppliers. Well, before I pay my supplier, I pay myself. Mm-hmm. Before, I, before I pay my debts, right? My wife, back in the day when we had first started, uh, started planning, um, our incomes were decent, but as you say, the ebbs and flows. Mm-hmm. And um, there were a couple bills that needed to be paid. Automobile play the automobile um, contracts mm-hmm. to be specific. And um, my wife said, "Well, you know, Aaron, you know, we're a couple weeks late on the car note, right?" I said, "Yep, I know that, <laughs> right?" And she said, "Well, Aaron, now you know that we are about a month, a little over a month late on our car notes." I said, "Absolutely, I know that, <laughs> right?" And there was there was some money that started to come in. She said, well, we got the money that came in. Mm-hmm. Are you going to pay the car notes? And I said, they'll get paid, but I'm going to pay me first. Mm. Right? So, uh, employed or fun employed, <laughs> at the end of the day, if you don't pay yourself first, you are going to be challenged mm-hmm. always 
whether it's in your business or it's in your personal life. Because you have to start really truly paying yourself. Then take care of your creditors. But then, so that's where I'm kind of, because I admittedly pay myself last. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll give myself money as I need it for certain mm-hmm. things, but yep. bills and my team, they get paid first. Yep. And so, I mean, how can you just, if you have a bill, a car note, like how could you go without paying your car note? Um, because you pay yourself first. I mean, how does that, that doesn't mess up your credit? I mean. Let, let, let me say this. First of all, you have to, you have to be selfish. If you are an entrepreneur, you have to be selfish, mm-hmm. right? Selfish means that you can't take care of your team. You can't take care of your family, right? You can't take care of your creditors if you don't take care of yourself, because that's going to be eventually sometime down the road where things are not going to, everybody else is going to be been paid over 20 years. Mm-hmm. And what? What are you going to have? Nothing. So how are you going to be able to be successful in helping other people? Mm-hmm. So what I am saying, Jana, is I don't say you just ignore them. There's a difference. You don't ignore them and say, hey, I'm not going to, they'll repossess your car. Right. Right. <laughs> right. You don't ignore them, but you manage the process. Yeah. That might mean. Communicate that, with them. That's right. Communicate. That may mean I may need to extend my car note. Or I may need a reduction in my car note. That's a conversation I'm going to have with my creditor. Mm, right? Okay. okay? Mm-hmm. Now, certainly you want to pay your team. Your people aren't going to work for you if you don't pay them. Right. That's just the bottom line. <laughs> right? But at the end of the day, your creditors, as you start to build in your business, they should understand that you do have ebbs and flow in mm-hmm. your income. Yeah. Right? And they will work with you. But you have to ask them. But I find so many individuals, especially small business owners, I'll go to them. They've been in business for 16 years. They're making a lot of revenue. They have Mm -hmm. a lot of income coming in. And then I say, okay, you got really strong income coming in. You're now 45 years old. Won't you tell me how much money do you have in your investment portfolio? And they say none. Right. (laughs) How much real estate have you built? They say none. I said, well, how long have you been doing this business since I was 26? Are you telling me that 14 years has passed and you don't have any wealth? Right. You've worked for 14 years. And what they're thinking in their mind is an entrepreneur, because I do sometimes is when I leave this profession, I'm going to sell the business. Mm-hmm. And when I sell the business, I'm going to re- that's when my windfall right. is going to come. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. But that may, not, that may not necessarily be exactly. the case. Yeah. OK. So it's important to pay yourself first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. See now I'm like gotta go reconfigure yes. <laughs> stuff. Absolutely, out. absolutely. <laughs> because we don't think about um, you know having the conversation with our with our creditors and saying, hey, mm-hmm. let me reduce this or extend mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I, I, that's the thought that I'm we don't have, or at least I don't. No one that I talk to has. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it comes to to credit. Do you recommend someone who has a business or someone who maybe has a small business uh, or a side business, do you recommend taking out a line of credit against the business to pay yourself? Or do you you think people should strictly... Because I know that businesses need credit. Mm-hmm. We have the... I recently had to do a, a Duns and Bradstreet report um, for my business credit. Do you recommend taking out credit against your, your side business if you don't necessarily have the revenue coming in? Yeah. That's a very good question. I, I would say this. There's a difference between a being a new business or a side business versus being a seasoned business. Mm. If you're a seasoned business, you've been in business for 20 years, 25, 30 years, and you have a lot of um, revenue coming in, it might be ideal to take some more money out as a line of credit to be able mm-hmm. to g- continue to grow your business. Mm-hmm. When you are a small business or sideline business, when you take a line of credit out, you're really putting yourself in a situation where you have additional debt. Right. Right. So what that tells me, Jana, it tells me two things. Uh, first of all, you're not working your business hard enough. Mm-hmm. Right. OK, so you're not getting that money in as much as you should be getting it. So you don't have to take on credit. It also tells me that. Maybe you want the easy way out. Yeah. And that is the easy way. Right? You're, you see a lump sum of money. That's right. It's mine. That's the easy way out, right? <laughs> yeah. There's no easy way in entrepreneurship. We know that. So what I would recommend someone to do, if they need capital for their business, if they need capital, I would not go to the bank. And even if you went to the bank and you have a sideline business, mm-hmm. right, likely they're going to tell you no anyway, right? Mm-hmm. What I would do is talk to your friends, talk to your family. Can anyone provide some capital, small amount of capital for you? 
you might be able to give them a, a small rate of return on their their mm-hmm. investment. Uh, sometimes if it's family, they're not looking for any return on right. the investment. Right. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, if you do an inheritance, uh, 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 my millennials, <laughs> if you do an inheritance, you know, mama going to give you an inheritance or grandma's going to give you an inheritance. You might want to go to grandma and say, now, grandma, I, have that now? <laughs> I need that inheritance now. Right. So there are many ways that you could do this, but I would dare I would dare stay away from from credit as much mm-hmm. as possible just to kind of give you a little bit of a flavor of our business. Um, I rarely ever use debt in my business. Mm -hmm. I rarely ever use debt in my personal life, right? Mm -hmm. There is good debt. Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, debt is nothing more than a crutch and the institutions want you to use it. Yeah, yeah. Right? So try to work as best you can without having to use that debt. That's why I say say, save 20% of the income first. Mm -hmm. Because if you save 20% of your income first, Guess what? If you get in trouble, where can you go and get the money? Yeah. You borrow from yourself. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. That's the way to do it. You don't have interest rates and all that stuff that gets you. That's what really gets That's you. Right. And we talked about that That's right. this past weekend is you can make, That's right. you know, you can be making so many payments and the interest, you won't even make a, a dent. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So, um... When it comes to, uh... I know that, you know, we're talking about... Well, first of all, I want to backtrack. You said good debt. So what... Do you consider good debt? I think good debt would be, uh, for example, Jana, let's say um, I need to hire an employee. Mm-hmm. And I know this employee is going to allow my revenue to double, mm-hmm. right? But I'm going to only pay that employee 10% of what it's going to double to. Well, you know what? I might go get a loan for that mm-hmm. because I know that that revenue that I'm going to be getting, I'm mm-hmm. going to be able to pay that back. And it's only when you know the person will absolutely. deliver. Absolutely. Don't take a chance on people that you, you no. feel. <laughs> absolutely not. Gonna, you don't try. You don't yeah. you don't guess. Yeah. You don't want to be guessing. But there is reasons why you want to use debt. Mm-hmm. Let me kind of give you another reason. For example, I'm going to go out just a little bit here. Um, some of your uh, your listeners they may be in real estate. Mm-hmm. And I find a lot of individuals today are starting to get into real estate um, from the real estate standpoint of agent yeah. selling property. Yeah. Um, some of us are actually even um, uh, getting property so that we can we can flip or receive income from it. Mm-hmm. But another part of good debt would be, had you thought about instead of being the individual that buy the property, right? And flip the property, you might want to be the individual that lend the money on the property, mm-hmm. right? So what you could do is you could go to your local bank, get a line of credit, right? Only for this reason now, um, mm-hmm. if you will, millennials, <laughs> line of credit. Take the line of credit. You know what the payment is going to be on it, the yearly payment. And what you could do is you could go take that money out and you can lend it to people who are buying rental properties, huh. right? And then when you lend it to them, you get an interest rate, right? Mm-hmm. You get more interest rate than what your your interest yeah. rate that you're paying on your your loan, and you get more payment, right? Okay, yeah. so basically you are the lender, right? You are the owner, and you're getting great income. Then when that income comes in, you're taking that to pay your note. Yeah. Right. Huh, okay? I didn't think about that's it. a business idea. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Right. Right. That puts you in control. You have less risk, mm-hmm. but you're working with people that you feel comfortable with. Right. Yeah. Now, 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 don't get me wrong. It's a little bit more complicated than what I'm sharing with you mm-hmm. this morning or afternoon. But at the end of the day, that's uh, that's a good debt. Yeah. That's okay. how you use. Got that. it. And that's mm-hmm. smart. That's smart. So would you recommend, uh, because, you know, we're all we're in this whole time of, you know, collaborating. People have ideas, business partnerships. How do you suggest we move forward with business partnerships when it comes to the financial side? What are some things that we need to look out for, some things we need to stay away from? Do you not recommend getting into those kind of, you know, because everyone has a business idea and everyone wants to see growth. But, you know, in a way, we, we all need each other. So how do you recommend we build businesses together or collaborate yes. and still end up in a good financial place. Yes, I think that's a good idea to, to, to team up with people that have a different concept, mindset, skill level than you have, mm-hmm. right? Um, OPB, other people's brains, mm-hmm. right? We don't know it all. Yeah. That's when team comes in. So it might not be a bad idea is that you have an idea. John, you may have an idea. Um, uh, uh, 
Teresa may have a uh, 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 in the same line of work, but she may be skilled somewhere else. You might want to come together, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, come together as a as a team. Another reason I mean, we talked a little bit uh, just a moment about uh, about uh, uh, getting a line of credit. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you know what you have a partner, right, who has capital. And you might be the brains of the business, so mm-hmm. you can come together, yeah, yeah. right? Now, partnerships are great. They are. But you have to remember, they are marriage, yeah. right? <laughs> they are a marriage. And 50% of marriages in this country do what? End in divorce. They go sour. Yeah. <laughs> they go sour, right? Yeah. So you want to make sure that whoever you team up with, mm-hmm. that you you guys understand the rules mm-hmm. that are put in place. So you have to put some rules in mm-hmm. place. Now, I would say this as well, because I've had a lot of experience of working with individuals who have built businesses, great income, and they lose a person to disability Mm. or they lose someone to death. Mm. Right Mm -hmm. now, if you go into partnership, understand that your partner may be married. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, if something happens to you. Their husband or wife is going to want a part of their business, right? They ain't going to have no love for you. (laughs) She did or he did, but they don't have no love for you. So there are some pitfalls that come along with partnerships Mm -hmm. that I think you should get consultation on. But at the end of the day, I do think that partnership is great. It's a mm-hmm. great way to build business. Yeah. But you got to understand the rules and mm-hmm. put the rules in place yeah. uh, before you start the par- mm-hmm. partnership. And, you know, I, I think I read somewhere that, you know, you mentioned marriages, 50% in divorce. You know, money issues are one of the leading causes of divorce. And so you have to, con- you know, taking that over to the business side, you know, it's not enough that you, you're, you know, BFFs with this person you want to go into business with or you guys have worked together for years or you have great ideas ideas you got to be airtight on you know money financial literacy how the money works how you're going to manage it all those things because you don't want the business to fail absolutely i think the biggest thing with partnerships as well the biggest thing in my mind is integrity Mm -hmm. right so integrity it may not be a bad idea that if you go into partnership that each one of the partners pull a credit report on each other Mm. right Mm -hmm. i would want a credit report I want to know how you pay your creditors. Would you do that with oh, a marriage? With the uh... absolutely. <laughs> so no we should do that with the, we should do that with a potential spouse. I tell my daughter to do that. Yeah, <laughs> before you get married to him, you better pull a credit report. <laughs> Why? Because you're going in. Not only are you going into the marriage, you are going into to the financial marriage. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. One of the things that I did back in the day when I got before I got married, um, you know, I. I went to school on scholarship. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit about my background. I went to University of Richmond on full scholarship mm. as, a, as an athlete, right? Well, I met my wife in my senior year in school, right? And she had some debt, right? Aaron didn't have any debt. But when I got out of school, I made it a point to get rid of her debt. Mm. I paid oh, her wow. off, right? Oh, look right? at that. Because I wanted her to know that I had her back. Wow. But at the same time, I knew that moving forward... It's a team effort. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we have to become financially great as a team, which is ultimately going to uh, uh, help our marriage. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't think they make them like that anymore, Aaron. I don't well, yes, think they, we got... Oh, they out there. <laughs> they just don't know. They out there. They just don't know. They don't know. <laughs> Paying off debt. I mean, but that's... I mean, that's a... I mean, you know, debt, it can really it can really hold you up. So, you know, making sure that you have that clean slate of, you know, now we can just build and not have to worry about... I mean, like I said, we had Aaron did the money brunch this past weekend um, at Top Golf. It was a, um, a seminar, if you will, on you know eliminating debt, and we saw the numbers on student loans. And it really a, a bulk of your paycheck can go to student loans, and um, it it's crippling. It's really crippling. Well, it is. Um, I am uh, very very concerned, um, Jana about uh, the direction that we're going as it relates to um, the cost of education. Mm-hmm. I'm very concerned that um, the majority of debt holders after they graduate and get their degree are black women. Mm. And uh, what happens when you when you have a lot of debt, um, when you graduate from school, you don't necessarily... Uh, able to move up in the uh, asset column of your life mm-hmm. because it takes you a while to be able to earn that yeah. first house or buy yeah. that first house, right? Mm-hmm. It even kind of stops the 
the ability for you to improve on your relationship. Mm-hmm. Some people are delaying marriage yeah, because, because they, they have, have mounds of debt. That's right. Right. So I'm very concerned about it. Um, I would recommend that your millennials, your listeners, I would recommend that they don't put their head in the sand mm-hmm. when it comes to student loan debt, that they attack it head on. Mm-hmm. Right. I have Aaron 200,000 in student loan debt. Okay. What you got? You got a degree, don't you? Right? That's a positive, right? Mm-hmm. You got some value. However, you got the debt. Now focus on paying the debt off. Before you maybe buy that first home, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe you need to start paying your debt down. Maybe before you go buy that expensive car, Right. You focus on paying your debt off. So you have to sacrifice to get rid of the debt. Mm-hmm. It's just going to help your life out much, much better as the years go on, the decades go on. But when people I mean, when you say that, I mean, that can someone can say, you know, well, don't do this until you pay for student loan debt. For some people, they, it feels like it'll never happen. That's right. So That's right. you're saying it's possible. You say pay it down. Not I mean, because getting rid of it is is probably a longer process. Um. Let me do say this, and, and this is important as I, as I share with the millennials. Millennials, if you're out there and you have any kind of debt, including student debt, you can pay that debt off to two to three years. Really? Do you want to? Are you committed? Are you sick and tired? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Or are you going to hide your head in the sand? If you hide your head in the sand, the interest is going to accumulate on the debt is always going to be there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So how do you do this? Jan, I got here. I got some ideas for you. <laughs> I got an idea bank. I want to hear them. I I need, a, we need to hear I how got we get rid of this debt. I got an idea bank. Right? I want to hear right? the ideas. Okay. First of all, you have to sacrifice maybe some things that you have. Right. Maybe you have an automobile that's pretty expensive. Are you willing to sell that? Right. Are you willing to get rid of that payment by selling that car? Mm -hmm. Maybe you should take a smaller amount of money, go buy a car for cash. Yeah. It's okay to ride in something that's not good Mm -hmm. or looking good. Right. Right. Right? It gets you point to point. Mm -hmm. Right. Who cares? You get rid of your debt. Right. Right. How about having a yard sale? Idea. Right. How about you sell some stuff online? Mm-hmm. Right? I got a bunch. I got 50 of these things. <laughs> Maybe you want a pet sit. I don't okay. know. I don't know. I got some <laughs> ideas for you, right? You might want to be your own taxi. Right? You want to be creative. Do you really want to get rid of your student loan right. debt? Right? right? These are some ways you can do it. You want to be entrepreneurship. That's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Fun employed. Yeah. Entrepreneur. Make some extra money. Mm-hmm. Right? Focus that on your debt. Right? Okay. How about you might want to share your own opinion? Are you good? You have some ideas. Maybe you want to sell those ideas. I don't know. Right? How do we sell our ideas? Where do I? I have a lot of ideas. Where can I go to sell them? <laughs> create your create your site. Your real estate. What's your real estate? Your 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 real estate is your website. Mm, right. Okay. Sell your ideas. Right. Mm-hmm. Someone wants to know what you know. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Someone is willing to pay you for what you know. We need to get better at that. I talked last episode about people wanting to pick your brain, but don't want to pay a consulting fee. Yes. And yes, ideas they cost. You, that's my expertise, my ideas. It costs money to get to pick my brain, just as it costs money a copay to talk to your doctor. Millennials, <laughs> millennials, listen carefully. If you are wanting to get something for free. You'll never become a millionaire. You have a poverty mindset. Mm -hmm. Poverty mindset is always taking versus giving. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? So you build wealth, millions, if you learn to give. Mm -hmm. Give your knowledge. Give your skill set. Give. But at the end of the day, if you are a taker, it becomes a problem. You get that condition of taking, so you would never build, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I only want to hang around people that give me value. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So, Jan, I hang around you because you give me some value, <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. Yep. If my son, I love him to death, but if he doesn't give me any value, gotta I got to cut him. <laughs> right? I love him. You can't cut the baby. Oh, man, I got to cut him, right? So, you want to hang around people to give you value, and you know who gives you value. Yeah, you do. 
And who takes, takes, takes. That's takes. right. Yep. That's right. So sometimes it's okay to cut people. You love them. Mm-hmm. I still cut them. All right. Yeah. One more point that I think is so important as it relates to uh, cutting people. Right. Mm-hmm. There's what I call dream busters. Mm. We right? know those. We all dream know busters, dream busters. Right. So um, if you will, if you are thinking about owning your own business, there's going to be t- there's going to be people who love you who are going to tell you it ain't going to work. Mm-hmm. They're going to tell you you must be out of your mind. Why are you doing this? Oh, I told you, Aaron, it was going to fail. Right. Yeah. OK. Get away from your dream busters. Right. Get around people who support what you're doing. Yeah. Okay. Wives, husbands. If you are a team, Mm -hmm. encourage each other. Right. You may not totally agree with each other, but encourage them because they need you in their life to be successful. Yeah. I wouldn't have been able to be successful in my business without my wife. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Miss Pat. She's great. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's talk about my fiduciary advisor. So you created my, this is, is like I said, a fairly new wing of A.W. Smith Financial Group. Um, It's specifically for millennials. It's ongoing coaching, financial planning. You're helping them, you know, look at their goals for their life, for, you know, their business, whatever. And you help them put out basically create a roadmap. So can you talk a little bit about why you created it and kind of what you, the work that you're doing with the millennials that you work with? Yes. Um, Jana, um, in our profession, uh, I would say 95% of the financial advisors only work with individuals with a minimum asset. Mm -hmm. That minimum asset generally is 150,000. Some have a minimum asset requirement of 250,000. Some have a minimum requirement (laughs) of Mm 500,000 that is required before you work with them. As you said before, (laughs) baby boomers have more money. Mm -hmm. They make more money. That being said, that is what the market, that's the market that we uh, work with. Mm However, as I said before, when I was 19, 20, 21 years old, no one taught me anything. Right. Because I didn't have no money. Mm. Right? I was starting from scratch. And that perpe- that perpetuates this wealth gap of, I won't even work with you. That's right. Unless you have six figures in the That's bank. right. That's right. How, Absolutely. how am I going to get there? <laughs> how are you going to get there? You're going to get there from working through my fiduciary advisors. Yeah. Well, how are we going to help you? We want to work with you as a millennial because we see the potential and the possibilities for you as I saw when I was 20 years old. Mm-hmm. But we're going to coach you. All right. So millennials, you do have income. So we manage the process of coaching you through your personal financial needs and or your business financial needs from a subscription fee based model. Okay. Which means that we coach you for a fee to help you build the wealth that you desire. And it's affordable. And it's very affordable. Yeah. It's affordable. It's very affordable. Yeah, you have different pricing tiers that you can choose and customize based on, you know, your personal needs. But that's yeah. Right. And I think that's helpful to have a month to month thing where you can check in each month instead of, okay, you give me advice and now I'm off to figure it out on my own. That's right. It's an ongoing process of that's you right. guys working together. That's right. That's right. I and, like that. and, and and the reason I like the concept also is that we have also personally became successful financially. Mm-hmm. So all we're going to show you millennials is do what we do. Yeah. Right? All right? I show my daughter, my daughter and son, I show my daughter and son what I do. Mm-hmm. They're going to be very wealthy. Yeah. Right? They're now telling me some of the things that they're thinking mm-hmm. about doing that is more creative than what I've been able to right. share with them. Why? Because they have the coaching, but they've had the coaching since they were five or six right. years old. Right. All we're doing is bringing that same flavor mm-hmm. to the millennial out there who needs help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. And so um, I guess what is kind of, what are some of the goals that the the people that you work with they have, or maybe some of their backgrounds? Are they are they entrepreneurs? Are they trying? They want to start a business. Are they they're people who are trying to start a family and need to prepare financially for that? What are kind of your client base? That's a good question. That's a very good question. Majority of my clients, Jana, when we talk about millennials, they're going to range from professionals mm-hmm. uh, to lay workers. Okay, right? There's a range. All right, now. 
I will say, let me give you some numbers for clarity. Mm-hmm. They're generally going to earn a household income between $70,000 mm-hmm. and $250,000. Mm-hmm. So that's the range mm-hmm. that they pretty much earn. But they don't have to. But they don't have to. Right. Right? They don't have to, but that's generally the range. That's the range that I find that they're comfortable with paying for the service. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. All right? However, no matter whether you make Seventy thousand, or you make two hundred fifty thousand, you still have the same interest in terms of the goals that you want to reach with your money. Mm-hmm. All right, such as buying a new home, such as buying a second home, mm-hmm. such as establishing a business, right? Mm-hmm. Such as paying off your debt. Yeah. Right. Okay. So these are all the things that we guide you with, mm-hmm. right, to help you financially get to a better place. Mm-hmm. But that's generally the sweet spot. That's what my, fin- uh, my financial advisor is designed to do, is just to make you better, make you accountable, mm-hmm. accountable yeah. for right with that time that you decide that, oh, you know what? I ain't going to make that debt payment this month. I'm going to take it a trip. Okay, cool. Take that trip. But next month, you have to be back on right. track. So we keep you accountable. Mm-hmm. It's accountability. Yeah, and that's really what we need is accountability. Yeah. So if, yeah. I, if I'm making... $40,000. You got something for me? Yeah. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. We, we definitely can help you with mm-hmm. it. But here's the key. If you're making $40,000 and you come in our office, our goal is to get you to $80,000, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Because we know at the end of the day, you can't make $40,000 and then seven years from now, you're now at $52,000. Mm-hmm. The cost of living has gone up, right. Jana. Right. So we have to now say, okay, uh, John, Tell me what are the things that you are employing in your life mm-hmm. from an in the, from a employment standpoint or a self-employed standpoint to increase your forty thousand to eighty thousand. Yeah. Right. So we kind of get we got to get you up. Mm-hmm. So we want to be able to change mindsets. Yeah. Hmm? Yeah. And I mean, and I think you know, you can work your forty thousand mm-hmm. in a way that sets you up mm-hmm. for success. Well, you know, Jan, this is interesting. <laughs> I will tell you this. There is a, a gentleman, I never remember, forget this. He's a client now. Uh-huh. He retired. He retired when he was 52. Mm-hmm. And throughout the 20 years, 21 years that he worked, he worked for a company called Lowe's. Wow. Now, many of us have heard of Lowe's, right? Yeah. And when he worked for Lowe's, he was a truck driver. Truck driver with Lowe's. Mm-hmm. He retired At with $2.1 million. Wow. He only made 20000 average throughout his years. Wow. Right? So it's not always what you earn. Yeah, it's what you do with what you earn. It's how you manage what you earn. Now, the interesting thing with Lowe's, with this particular client, they had what is called an ESOP plan, Mm -hmm. Employment Stock Option Program. And they were putting money in the ESOP Mm -hmm. every month or every paycheck Mm -hmm. for his behalf. And the shares that they were putting in for him in Lowe's stock was going up every wow. year. So when he retired and he came in my, my office, he said, Aaron, he said, I have $200,000. And he was excited. He said, I have $200,000. Excuse me, I apologize. I have $110,000 in my ESOP plan. Mm-hmm. And I said, sir, you have 110 shares, not value, wow. shares. And he said, what does that mean? I said, I pulled my portfolio up with the low stock and I looked at the price. I said, multiply the price time the number of shares. He had 2.1 million. Wow. He about to fall out his chair. (laughs) Wow. See? Wow. Yeah. But he had the wherewithal to to have that. Mm-hmm. But he didn't make a lot of money. And so, and so people, people should definitely talk to their company about stock options if they do have, see if they do have an ESOP program because maybe your company, you didn't even realize it, but that's an option for you. Yes, that's an option for mm-hmm. you. 401k is an option for you. Why aren't you millennials investing in your 401k? Mm-hmm. That's a match, 100% I'm, I maxed money, mine out. Right? I was like, I, as much as I can put in there. Put that money in that yeah. 401k, put money in your ESOP plan. Oh, small business owners. When I say pay yourself first earlier in the broadcast, I say mm-hmm. pay yourself first. Well, you can establish a retirement or an investment plan for you. Hmm. And it could be tax reduction. So you make 50000 a year. You put 10000 a year. You only file taxes on 40000 Right. But that 10000 goes into an investment that you created for your business. So there's no excuse as a business owner not to have a retirement <laughs> plan or an investment plan. Yeah. You can do that. Hmm. Oh my gosh. This is like, this is so good. This is, 
This is helpful. I'm learning so much. Um, <laughs> so we recently did the um, money brunch. Like I said, it was a, a, a wonderful event at Top Golf. You talked to the attendees there about eliminating debt. We had a great brunch catered by Top Golf, and then we um, had an hour and a half of golf. All for free. Yeah, we had fun. Yeah, it was a great time. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm terrible at golf, but I had a great time. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you have coming up next? I mean, what are or some what are some things that we can expect as my fiduciary advisor grows, and you know, how can we get involved and be a part? Because we don't necessarily have to sign on as a client to reap the benefits of my fiduciary advisor. We can build on a relationship. Absolutely. You know, there there's multiple ways to, Absolutely. to interact. We have a weekly podcast, uh, Millennial Millionaire. Mm-hmm. You can join in that podcast. You can get tips uh, that's going to help you be better with your finances. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to continue to do the money brunch. Yeah. And we're going to do that money brunch in different locations. Uh, but we're going to do t- different topics as well yeah. that's specific to millennials. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to do a Wednesday wind down, yeah. right? I like that idea. <laughs> Wednesday wind down where we just come in and sit in a round table and we just talk about uh, money concerns, yeah. money issues, right? Don't be afraid, millennials, of talking about money. Do not be afraid of that. You deserve to be wealthy. Let no one tell you otherwise, right? And don't let anyone pick with you or tell you that it's awful to think about how wealthy you want to be. You deserve it. Your family deserve it. And you should start acting as mm-hmm. if you are wealthy. Yeah. If you start acting mm-hmm. like you are wealthy, you will become yes. wealthy. Yes. Yes. I believe that 100%. Um, and yeah, I think we do need to break down this taboo of you know, don't talk about money. I try to be really transparent with people about how much I'm charging a client, you know, how much I'm making. You know, I think we need to talk about that because that's also what's keeping each other back is or keeping, you know, if if you're not transparent about what you're making in this position, I'm in the same position. You know, I could be making more. You know, if you're not if you if we're not having the conversation about what the going rate is for something or what you can charge for something, I think we need to talk about it more. Absolutely. There's enough money for all of us out here. There's enough money for everybody. And the and the reason that you become self-employed, let's be honest, so you can become successful financially. Right. Right? Yeah. Do you do you do it just for the fun of it? Now, <laughs> we do love what we do, right? Yeah. But we want to also be compensated for what we want and we want to be compensated a fair rate exactly. at what we do. And make a living and, and make a living, yeah. right? And right not only make a living when you are when you are self-employed it is hard it's a grind Mm -hmm. it's a grind right you should be making more than the average this is not a nine to five right you don't nine to five and go home Mm -mm. right you put your blood sweat tears (laughs) into the business you should be rewarded highly for it and even you at 26 years in you're still it's still Pounding the pavement? I'm still motivated. I'm motivated less by the money today, mm-hmm. Jana, than I'm by the cause. Yeah. I'm more motivated about the yeah. cost of helping millennials be better financially, become successful. Yeah. I have a goal. I want 100,000 millionaires, right? Mm-hmm. Just from my branch of understanding. Yeah. I want them to become millionaires and help their kids become millionaires. Yeah. Help their friends become millionaires, right? Yeah. Millionaire is not a bad word, right? It's an exciting opportunity. Yeah. It's not just about the money, millennials. It's about the lifestyle. Yeah. Right? Your lifestyle. You can travel. You mm-hmm. have freedom. You have control. Yeah. Right? That's what it's about. Mm-hmm. But in order to do that, you have to go on the grind. You yeah. got to grind it out. You got to grind it out. That's the, that's the name of the game. <laughs> All right. So, um, before we get out of here, you know, we I do every week, I do the win of the week. And the woe of the week where we share a win and we share something that, you know, not a loss, but maybe something threw you off a little bit, something that, you know, you got to reroute and kind of figure something out. So can you share with me your win of the week and your woe of the week? Yes, yes. My win of the week is that Fidelity Investments uh, this week, actually uh, yesterday, uh, just came out with an update uh, sharing that Jana... 233,000 people in this country are now what is called 401k millionaires. They have a million dollars in their 401k. That's 233,000. But what is interesting about it, Jana, is that there are over 320 million people in the country. 160 million of those people are working. 
Mm-hmm. So you got 160 million working, but only 233,000 are 401k millionaires. Mm-hmm. We got a ways to go, right? right? Um, also, they stated that 125,000 people in this country are now IRA millionaires, right? Okay, mm-hmm. so that's a win. Yeah. All right? What's the loss, right? <laughs> <laughs> I am tired of the conversation between Snoop the dog, <laughs> right? And Gail. Okay. And that conversation that they keep having and it's continue to go on, we need to move past that, right? Because that's a distraction. Focus on what really matters. And focus on which is the money. Really which is the money. <laughs> and and your family. Yeah. And your spiritual life. <laughs> so you're tired right? of the conversation. Yeah, I'm tired of the conversation. All right. I agree. Um, so my win of the week, let's see. Um, I would say, personally, for my business, I've had, I think, you know, yesterday I was a little bit bummed that I had, that I, you know, it's the President's Day, it's supposedly a holiday, everyone's off. But, you know, like you said, the grind. Um, I said, you know, I could take the day off because I own my own business. I can make that decision. But instead, I'm going to grind it out. Mm-hmm. And I worked all day. There you go. It was really productive, got a lot done. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm feeling good that I, I right. you know, I stay committed to what the goal is. The goal is financial freedom. It's, you know, the the liberty to, to travel and do these things and build wealth for myself. And so, you know, keeping that in mind, um, my win is that, you know, I had the discipline that I need to work hard. Excellent. Um, what's my woe of the week? Um, hmm. I think it's, I think it is also the grind. <laughs> it never stops. It never stops. Can't turn your brain off. That's right. Um, I, you know, I don't know if you have this problem, but even when you're at home, you're, you know, you're winding down, you think about all the stuff you have to do tomorrow, all the things you have to do for your clients. Um, and so it's hard to just, you know, it's hard to disconnect and turn your brain off. Do you have that problem? That's a good problem. Yeah. That's a, no, that's normal. If you're an entrepreneur, you're going to work and then when you get home, you're still working. Mm-hmm. When you go on vacation, mm-hmm. right, you're still working. Mm-hmm. I've gone on vacation. I work a little bit, but I'm on vacation, yeah. right? So really, to be honest, Jan, in my opinion, we actually have more flexibility and freedom than most, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because we get to decide when we want to work yeah, and how we want to work. And where we right. work. Right. Where is the is the is the thing. Okay. It's like, I, no. I, I'm grinding it but out. Yeah, but I I'm, do have that problem. Yeah. Yes, yeah. It's or non And it's it's I mean it's good to know that, you know, twenty six years in, you know, Leap Innovative Group, we just turned four mm-hmm. last week. Congratulations. Thank you. Um so I know that in twenty two years I'll still be <laughs> yeah. grinding it out. Yeah, you still grind it out. <laughs> or you have your team helping you grind yes, it out. That's the thing, is to build a I think was it I think you may have said this, or somebody said this at a chamber event, the difference between having a business and having a company. Mm. A company can run independently of you. Mm-hmm. So you can turn off. Mm-hmm. I took the month of December off, mm-hmm. have my team members running everything. There you go. So I'm in the process of working to build a company. That's right. And not just have a business that's entity. That's right. And that's the, that's the one of the formulas to building wealth. Yes, is to right. having a company. It, that's right. And you get free of your time to do other things. Yes, yes. yes. Thank you so much, Aaron. This was this was so. Uh, I just I feel so empowered. Wonderful. I feel Wonderful. like I know so much more than I did an hour ago. Um, right. I'm ready to make some changes and to figure out how to rework my money and make my money work for me. I have a few debts that I need. I'm trying to get rid of credit card debts. I'm trying to pay down, but I feel I feel much more equipped. Well, to do it. I appreciate the opportunity. Millennials, also, thank you because you helped me keep myself young yes. and energetic, yes. right? <laughs> so I appreciate the opportunity to share with you, Jana, mm-hmm. and share with your listeners. Thank you. And so um, to get in touch with Aaron, uh, you can go to myfidadvisor.co. That's, co- that's correct. Um, and also on Facebook at facebook.com slash advisor. Um, and of course, Aaron has, if you um, follow him on Facebook at Aaron W. Smith, he does his Tuesday. Yep. Facebook Live. Mm-hmm. Uh, your choice, your money. Uh, it's a 35, 40 minute conversation weekly. Once again, as it relates to the topic of money. 
Yes, and it's 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 great. If you like my fiduciary advisor, we share that um, that live video every Tuesday night, so you can tune in. Um, and of course, if you want to get in touch with me, I'm on Instagram at Jana M Hall. And I am on Facebook by the same name. If you want to, um, if you have a question about the Fun Employed podcast or about the Forever Fun Employed life, you can send us an email at foreverfunemployed at gmail.com or reach out to me at leapinnovativegroup.com. Uh, we can set up a time to have a Fun Employed consultation, get your business off the ground, all that good stuff. Um, but yeah. I think we're good. I think we're done. Thank you again, Aaron, so much. Thank you so much. And this will not be the last time you hear from him, I promise. I have some things in the works (laughs) that you don't even know about yet. All right. No worries. (laughs) But thank you guys so much for tuning in. I will see you next time. Bye.